Well, welcome back as we continue our series, Living All for Jesus. Now, I know that I've told some silly jokes <clears throat> at the start of most every one of these talks. Well, you know, so I'm not going to tell you the silly joke about, you know, anything today, about cowboys or cannibals or, you know, like what, what did one casket say to the other one? Is that you coughing? I'm not going to tell any of those jokes today because I want to be really serious with you, sort of, kind of. Yeah, I do. Because we're going to be talking about sharing this love that Jesus has placed in our hearts. Now get this. In our catechism, I know you probably don't like that word, but just bear with me. In our catechism, we talk about connecting, growing, serving, and sharing. That a Christian life living all for Jesus is one who's made these life commitments, these four life commitments. And the fifth one is to live all for Jesus and a life of honor. And we'll be talking about that life of worship uh, in in a couple of weeks. But as you look at this the holistically, that we've been given this gift of salvation, we've been placed in this family, we've been growing to have the character of Christ, we're serving God by serving others. Should we share this with this love with people? Shouldn't we give our lives away? One of the biggest things I see in the world today is that um, the world really needs peace. One of the great promises of God is peace, peace with God and peace with each other. Now listen to this. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we've also obtained access to faith into the grace by which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of God's glory. That God has literally given us peace with him, so therefore we can be at peace with each other. Now this is great news, that God has stepped in and given us that, that peace. But some of you are not living in a reality of God's peace. You're staying agitated by social media or the media. That's their goal. They want to keep you agitated and angry because that releases greater endorphins and you'll you know, consume more content. God wants to give you peace so you focus on him, not on the troubles and trials of this world. God is the one who gives us peace. And, uh, well, when you don't live in peace, you feel condemned, you feel angry, and but there's no condemnation in Christ. And peace is the gift... He gives you, now look at this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives you do I give you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Peace with God calms a troubled heart. Peace with God changes how we respond to one another and how we live out our circumstances in the life. Everyone is looking for peace. Shouldn't we be the ones who share that? Because we've received it, shouldn't we be the ones who give that away? generously if the world is looking for it now <clears throat> the share commitment is rooted in the great commandment listen therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i've commanded you behold i'm with you even to the end of the age a disciple of jesus a one who has a life built by god who lives all for jesus is one who's found peace with god and it's contagious about sharing that peace into a broken world. Sharing the peace that you have. It's a simple assignment. Jesus gave this to his disciples, but it's so complex in how we intentionally understand it and deliver it. Here's the, some of the ways we've made it complex. We've outsourced this to pastors and other professional ministries. We say, okay that I've been giving God's peace, but I've hired these guys to share God's peace. They go to foreign countries. They, they preach messages. They do that. 
I don't have to do it because they're doing it. That's just crazy. I outsource sharing. Or we made sharing the peace of God some formal process where we've got the four spiritual laws or the Roman road or some other kind of sales techniques that were developed in the 1950s to be a persuasive argument to lead people to buy something that we're selling. We made it into formal process instead of giving our lives away because people come to Jesus best on the arm of a trusted friend, which I'll say more about that in a minute. Oh, we're really insecure. We would like to share peace, but we really struggle with what I call imposter syndrome. Like, uh, I don't have my act all together. And if I start sharing with somebody about God's peace in their life and I don't have my life like the, uh, and it's just a deception of Satan. Or we're just not challenged. We live under challenged. Or the Christian life has become a life of comfort and ease and care that we gather, we sing our songs, we hear our sermons, and we go about our own business. And we could care less that the rest of the world's going to hell and not living in peace. Oh, so we need to be challenged then to be what God wants us to be, connected, growing, serving, and then sharing. Now, the command of Jesus found in the Great Commandment has, a, has a, actually a fourfold process. It's personal that I share it with people around me. It's local, I share it with the community I'm living in. It's national, I share it with the nation I'm living in. And it's global, I share it with the world. So personal, local, national, and global. Now, I want you to look at this, this commitment to share and let it change the way you live as a person who lives all for Jesus, who lives at all in God's peace, to be a peace proclaimer. So let me pray for us and we'll jump into this. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for this opportunity to look in your word and let your word shape our view of serving you. And Father, as we share the love of Jesus, let us do it in word and deed, to do the good that needs doing, to face the challenges that need to be faced, and to really need to be messengers of your peace into a broken, lost, and desperate world who has no peace. So thank you for what you're going to say and do in us as we listen to you today to make, take the steps of commitment that changes everything about us. And I pray this all in Christ Jesus' strong name. Amen. Now, as I dive into this, I want to encourage you to go back and, and connect with the resources we provide. The field guide, the, the, the scripture memory, the next steps classes that we have. You could do those things and learn more about these. We've just rewritten this, this sharing uh, piece that really goes into depth about what we're doing and how we're supposed to be. It gives you tools to, to be able to, to share the love of God. So take advantage of that. But I want us to face this kind of systematically today as we look through what God's word about says about fulfilling the great commandment, going into the world and sharing the peace and the love of God, sharing the, the, the good news of the gospel. So let's talk about it. There are five global giants right now, and there's probably more, but we're going to identify five that are really terrorizing the world today. And here's, here's where they are, and I'm just going to label them. The first of those giants is spiritual emptiness. People need the Lord. They just do. We look around and people are hopeless without Christ. And listen, people are created to live forever. And if they don't know Jesus, the eternal destiny is a devil's hell. And God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And he wants to use us to get the good news out. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We're the mouthpiece of Christ. Spiritual emptiness is a problem. And it just doesn't create a problem with eternity. It creates a problem with here and now. People need the peace of God. They need the hope of God. Spiritual emptiness is a giant that needs to be slayed. 
The second giant is <laughs> egocentric leaders. Wow. And this is not just in government, which we see. It's not just in, um, in businesses, which we see. It's in the church, and we see. The rise of the superstar pastor, man, that needs to go. And I'm saying this, and you're listening, you go, well, go up on you, you're on the internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And I, I, I need to check my ego at the door. The only person that needs to be famous in the kingdom of God is King Jesus, not any preacher. But I've been to places in the world where corruption was so bad, the people were held in poverty because the leaders were so terribly corrupt. Like in the Democratic Republic of Congo, where you had to give a, a police officer a bribe to make a left turn. It's just crazy. I met with the, the chief of staff of the Democratic Republic of Congo, and I told him they need to clean up their corruption, and he promptly ended the meeting and threw me out of his office. Egocentric leaders hold people captive, not just in the church, but in politics, in the government. I've been to Haiti. I've been to other places in the world. I live in the United States. I get it. Egocentric leaders are damaging the world today. They're a global giant. And then there's poverty. Poverty. That people live at a, at a sustenance that is just unbearable. Again, back to the DRC. People living on less than 50 cents a day in a corrupt government where there's resources aplenty to feed everybody. They live under this totalitarian dictatorship, and they're caught in poverty. Even here in the United States, children go to bed hungry. This church, First Baptist Church of Wimberley, has fed literally tens of thousands of people food because they're hungry. Poverty is a deal, is an issue, is a giant. And then, of course, there's pandemic diseases, that diseases that rampantly spread. We've been experiencing the coronavirus, and it's a pandemic disease. In the United States, there's a solution. In other places of the world, there is not. And people are dying by the handfuls, by the handfuls. Do we just kind of let that go? And then there's AIDS, and then there's malaria, and then there's dysentery, and then there's no clean water. It just goes on and on. This is a global giant that has to be faced and attacked. And then finally, there's just ignorance and illiteracy. And children don't know because they're not trained. You know, you do what you know until you know what to do. And illiteracy is generational, poverty generational, pandemic diseases generational, egocentric leaders generational, cultural, spiritual emptiness. We are born lost. How do we address these things? How do we head these things off? What do we do? Well, we have to do what Jesus did. If we're going to be a people who have the life commitment of sharing the peace of God, we have to do what Jesus did. And I want to give you five things that Jesus did in order to face the global giants of the world. The first thing Jesus did is he built relationships. He came in incarnationally. The God of heaven and earth took off the robes of deity, put on the robes of humanity, and lived among us. And everything he did was through the context of relationships. He built relationships with people. He loved people and called people to himself that scripture says that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and teach and cast out demons. Oh, Jesus built relationships, so therefore we must build relationships as well. Jesus resourced leaders. He brought to them gifts that they did not have, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the ethics of, of Christ-honored living, the, the ability to be a shepherd-servant leader. He resourced them intellectually 
and materially. He rescued broken people. People caught in poverty, he fed them. He lifted them up. People with sickness, he healed them. People caught in captivity, he brought them out. Even people caught in the sex trade, prostitutes, that he rescued from the sex trade. Jesus rescued people, but he reached people that were far away. He didn't come just to gather the already convinced. He came to gather people who were far away from God. He reached the lost. And finally, he revitalized. He revitalized the broken culture. He brought new life in. And actually, in his revitalization, he introduced a whole new way of living. Since Jesus, he built relationships, he resourced leaders, he rescued the broken, he reached the lost, and he revitalized the next generation and revitalized the culture. Now, I think about that, and I think, if this is what Jesus did, that this is what I should do. This is what we should do. We should be about those things. Well, how do I become a person then who shares the peace of God, who does the things that Jesus did? This is what God's word said. In whatsoever house you shall enter, first stay, peace per se, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace shall rest upon him. If not, it shall turn again to you. So I must allow Jesus to open my eyes to people of relationships I need to build with them and allow him to change my heart that I might see the needs of people in a place. And I see and seize the opportunities through other people to be a purveyor and a presenter of relationships, reaching, resourcing, rescuing, and revitalizing. I open my eyes to those relationships. Why? Because people come to Jesus best with the arm of a trusted friend. I don't do this in isolation. It's not about me winning a sales competition. It's about my heart being changed that I see the world as Jesus sees the world. I become a person who shares peace. I become a person who catches those things that Jesus did, and I do them. But we also become a church who does these things, a church of peace. I tell you, you're Peter, Jesus said, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We allow Jesus to change us as a church, an online church, a physical church, that he allows us to change our hearts, that we might say, I'm going to be a person of relationships, of reaching, resourcing, rescuing, and revitalizing. I'm going to be those people. I'm going to do those things. I'm going to look for those opportunities. If someone's in poverty, I'm going to rescue. If somebody's in sex trade, I'm going to rescue. If somebody needs encouraging, I'm revitalizing. I'm going to heal the broken. I'm going to care for the wounded. I'm going to pray. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to build relationships of authenticity. I'm going to invite my neighbors to hear the gospel. Whether it's my story or the story that's provided through this platform or other physical gatherings, I'm going to invite my neighbor to meet Jesus because people come to Jesus best on the arm of a trusted friend, which I've said over and over and over. I'm going to leverage ministries. I'm going to leverage mission trips. I'm going to leverage everything I can to do what Jesus did. I'm going to stop outsourcing my responsibilities as a church, and we're going to take it on together. That's why we have 17 church extensions throughout Latin America. We are doing it together to do what Jesus did. That's why we do this broadcast for you to do what Jesus did, that we might be those 
people to share Christ personally, locally, nationally, and globally. I'm going to see and seize the opportunities to join the movement in building lives that honor God all for Jesus. Huh. So what's next? What's your next step? Well, your first step is, do you have peace with God? Have you trusted him? Are you going to do this? Are you going to give your life to Christ? It's your first step. The next step, are you going to say yes to Jesus? Whatever he asks, wherever you lead, I'll go. Are you going to do that? Are you going to stay in your cocoon, in your bubble, and outsource your responsibilities? Are you going to make a decision today to do what Jesus did? I'm going to build relationships. I'm going to build relationships with people who are far away from God. I'm going to look for the opportunity. I'm going to look for the opportunity to share my God story with people. I'm going to look for that opportunity. Jesus is going to so resonate in my reticular activating system in my brain that I'm going to think about him, that he's central to me, and I'm going to look for the opportunity to share his love. I'm going to look for that opportunity. Look for opportunity to rescue. I'm going to look for the opportunity to resource. I'm going to look for the opportunity to revitalize culture and to bring change. I'm going to look for those opportunities to be those people who do what Jesus did. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. What about our church? Through our online experience and in-person gatherings, are we going to decide that we're going to be the mission? Or are we just going to be an entity that kind of runs some, something? We have to make the decision. We'll be the purveyors of peace through doing what Jesus did. Hmm. To, to relate, to resource, to rescue, to reach, and to revitalize. I'm going to be that person. Uh, here's the last thing, and i got to say this about me. Will I make a commitment to live all for Jesus? Connected, growing, serving, and sharing because Jesus loves me and I want to live to make him famous? Will I do those things? In doing those things, my life will be changed. This world will be different because I choose to share the love of Jesus in word and deed. What is your next step? Maybe it's to say, Jesus, I'm yours. Maybe it's to say, Jesus, open my eyes to see what you see. Maybe it's to jump into membership. Maybe it's to be baptized. Maybe it's to get into group. Maybe it's to volunteer to do a ministry or mission. What, what, are, you, what are you going to do to do it all for Jesus? Let me pray. Father, thank you for what you've said to us. It's very, very challenging. Well, convicting talk. Convicted me that I need to be doing what you did and reaching people and relating to people and loving people and rescuing people and revitalizing and resourcing and to be what you want me to be. And Father, I pray that this church will be what we need to be. Whether it's the church online or it's the church gathered, that we'll be what you want us to be. And that we'll live in such a way that you become famous in all the earth. And I thank you that you are good. There is none like you. Folks, if you're here, obviously you are, and you, uh, you need to pray, Jesus, I'm yours, and give your life to him. Do it just now. Just pray, Jesus, I'm yours, and tap that button and raise your hand and say, hey, I just made a commitment. Or, hey, I need to be prayed for. Or, hey, I'm ready for my next step. Let us help you do what God wants you to do. And I pray this all in your son's strong name. Amen. Let me conclude with this. We provide all these resources because we love you. We want you to see you to become like Christ. And a person like 
Christ is a person who shares the love of God, who shares the peace of God. And I hope this has been an encouragement to you as you live all for Jesus.